quickly. Hold your Bible. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Still talking about hung by the tongue. Amen. Because a lot of us are hung by the tongue. Let's go now to Proverbs chapter number 18 verse 21. Proverbs chapter number 18 verse 21. And the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And it says in the New Living Translation, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And in the uh, two weeks ago, we learned that the death and life, I mean, there is no further extreme in life than death and life. Amen? And the Bible is saying as extreme as death and life are, your tongue has the power to control the force of death and the force of life. What does that mean? That means your words are powerful. Amen? You know, uh, I know in the world they say things like uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words will kill you. Words will destroy your entire life. If you are not careful with the words that you speak, you may just destroy your whole life. Amen? And the Bible clearly says in uh, the New Living Translation, I prefer this one, it says the tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And you know, I know the word consequence is a negative uh, uh, implication, but the word consequence, in essence, just simply means the result of an action, or the effect of an action. In other words, what the man is saying is that your, 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 your mouth is the power to release words, and those exact same words will come into your life as fruit and results, whether positive or negative. Amen? That's what the man is saying. Now, let's go to Daniel chapter number 10. Daniel chapter number 10. Someone shout, I will use my mouth to my advantage. Thank you, Jesus. Daniel chapter number 10. And this is the story of Daniel after he had prayed to God and he was waiting for God to respond to his prayer. Now this is what happened in verse 11. Daniel chapter number 10 verse 11. And he said to me, the angel came and said to Daniel, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you, and while you were speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of what? 
I did not hear that. What did the angel say? He says, I have come because of what? No, he didn't. He said, I have come because Daniel, you are anointed. Did he say that? He said, I have come because you are a black woman, B-E-E. Did he say that? He said, I have come because you fasted 40 days and 40 nights. No, he didn't. He said, the reason why I have come is because of God's words over your life. Let me try again. Did he say, I have come because of the prophet's words over your life? He said he came because of whose words? Man, I wished everything that came into our lives introduced itself this way. Because if it did, you would be cautious with the words that you use. You know, I just don't know uh, where I'm going to get uh, uh, rent this month. And then it comes, knocks at your door. And he says, we are poverty of not knowing where to get rent from. (laughs) And we have come this morning because of thine words. Now question, who, 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 who would you blame if that happened? Oh, come on. Preach with me. (laughs) See, see, your words have the power to activate both God's angels and the fallen angels of Satan. You see, both demons and godly angels are waiting for you to say something. And whatever you say, they will go package it nicely. Put a little red ribbon on it and tie a little bow tie on it and bring it to your doorstep and deliver it to you. Because guess what? The instruction is they must deliver everything that you speak, everything that you give authority in your life must come to pass. Why? Because the power to release life and death is resident in your mouth. So this takes the use of words to a whole new level. What do you say in relation to your job? You know, this is the worst job. Man, what do you say in relation to your life? You know, my life is not going anywhere. And the angels are ready. And the demons are ready. Depending on what you release. If you release from God's word, the angels go to work. If you release it from emotion... And if you release it from something that is influenced by the world system, the demons go to work. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. (laughs) So if you get up in the morning, for example, and you say something like, "Uh, I just don't feel good today. I can guarantee you by about 11 a.m., they'll have delivered. It usually takes about two hours. (laughs) Maximum. By 11 a.m., they will have delivered. Or if you say something like, you know, I, I think I'm catching a flu. <laughs> By the end, of, I can guarantee you. You know why? Because this delivery system is so efficient. <laughs> they're not like our post office. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, they're so efficient. And they're waiting for you to say something. And whatever you say, they will go and package it quickly and make sure you receive it. 
If you say, man, today, I just don't feel right about today. I think today is not going to be a good day. Guess what? They will go to work and make sure that that day will not be a good day. Amen? Let's go now to Psalms 102. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping someone? Psalms 103. Verse 20. Psalms 103, uh, verse 20. So whatever you say should not even be based on the natural order of things. You know why? Because you are a child of God. You know, when people say this usually takes six months, you don't say that. You say Isaiah 45, verse 2 says, God makes all the crooked paths straight. And the shortest distance between any two uh, points is a straight line. That means for me, it is going to happen quicker than it usually happens for others. It says he makes every high place level. That means for me, it will happen quicker than it happens for everybody else. So we don't join in. See, as Christians, we have to be uh, uh, conscious of the words that we speak. Oh, this usually takes two years. No, no, for me, it takes about two weeks. And when God wanted to do something quick in the earth realm, you'd always get someone who was obedient to say something ridiculous. Something that defies all logic in relation to science and time. He went to the prophet the one time and he says, go and tell the king, by about this time tomorrow, the economy will be functioning again. And the rand will be one as to one to the dollar. And the prophet had to obey and release it through his own mouth. And you know, people laughed. In fact, the king laughed. You remember the story? The king laughed. And when the king laughed, you know what the prophet said? He said, it will happen, but it will not happen to you. And guess what? The next day, it did happen. And as, they, as the people were rushing to go and enjoy this new economy, they ran, they ran over the king, trampled over him, and he died. Without going into this new economy. See, so your words can even rise above time. Your words can rise above distance. Remember the centurion? The centurion went to Jesus and said, Master, my servant is sick. He's at home. He's sick. He's, he's just not feeling well. And Jesus said, okay, I'll come with you. And the centurion said, man, I understand authority. I'm a man under authority. And I'm a man above authority. When I tell one to go, they go. And I know that when you speak, something happens in the spiritual realm. Just speak a word only and my servant shall be well. You know why? Because words transcends even distance. Man, you, you, you've got to... Can you please wake him up? I mean, I've only started preaching. Just, just, am I boring? And I must be boring. Glory to God. Psalms 103, verse 20. Thank you, Jesus. Watch what he says in verse 20. Bless the Lord, you, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his... I didn't hear that. The angels do what? The angels do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Two things that we learn. The first thing is that the angels will only act on God's word. And not your complaints. And not on how pressing the issue is. The angels don't respond to that. 
The only thing they respond to is his word. Even God himself said he watches over his what? His word to perform it. He doesn't watch over your emotions. He doesn't watch over how pressing the issue is. The only thing he's waiting for you to do is to partner with his word and release. How many of you know that the promises of God are voice activated? The praise of God is voice activated. You know, a lot of people say, hey, Pastor T, I I can be quiet. I'm just praising God with my heart. Well, you're not praising. You know why? Because if you are really praising from your heart, that praise will find itself in your mouth. That's why he say, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say something. He says, offer to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your what? Which means you have to release that praise through your mouth. And it's the same thing with the angels. They are listening in for God's word. If you are reading in the King James Bible, it says they excel in strength at hearing God's word. Now, how do they hear God's word? You know, I tried to listen to God's word to see if I could hear something. You don't hear anything. The only time they hear God's word is when you take God's word and put it in your mouth and release it. So if you don't speak God's word, they will not hear God's word. And if they don't hear God's word, they will not excel in strength. See, all of us have multitudes of angels that go wherever we go. Thousands of angels, they are with you wherever you go. And they're just flying. And flopping their wings. Waiting for you to say something from God's word. Because the minute you say something from God's word. You have given them a decree to go and do something about your situation. And they are looking at you. Struggling in poverty. They are just waiting for you to say something like. Hey Philippians 4.19 says. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I release that over my life. And boom they go to work. And if you don't say anything, they're just flopping their wings. They're just waiting on you to say something. And if you say something like, um, man, I just don't know how this thing is going to pan out. I just don't know where I'm going to get money from. The demons will make sure that that happens. Because they are also angels. They're called fallen angels. And they also deliver. Amen? So we have to be careful what we say. And here I say, man, many people's angels are just waiting. They just, they, they're bored. <laughs> Most people's angels are just bored. Yeah. They live a boring life. <laughs> yeah. and they're just following you around and just hoping. Man, when will she say anything from God's word? When will he say something from God's word over this situation? And they're just flopping their wings and following you around and just hoping that maybe it's today. And they just, I mean, it's thousands of them. Now, can you imagine what the, it's, it's lots of conversations going on. Some three, four angels have started a life group just to discuss how you will not say anything from God's word. <laughs> when was the last time they said something from God? Man, I don't even remember. And they, the other one have started a pressure group where they just encourage each other to, to stay strong and hold on. <laughs> Let's just stay strong and hold on. Maybe one, one of these days she will say something from God's word. And they're just talking about, man, I miss those days of Paul and Silas. I mean, those guys used to say stuff from God's word. There was a lot to do. There was a lot of action. Amen. 
Now with these ones, man, there is nothing to do because guess what? We wake up in the morning, they're complaining. We, you know, we go with them to work, they're complaining. Some of your angels just feel like, you know, let's stay at home and save fuel. Because <laughs> guess what? We're going to go with them, but they will not say anything from God. There is no work to do. Amen? But when you speak something from God's word, you give the angels something to do about what you are going through. You must never speak what it looks like. You always speak what the word of God says. Let's go to Joel chapter number 3 verse 10. Thank you Jesus. Joel chapter number 3 verse 10. Tell your neighbor, never speak from a position... Of sense knowledge. knowledge. Always release. release Your faith. faith By speaking. speaking The impossible. impossible. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5-7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we do not walk. uh, Our walk and our talk is not based on that which is of the sense knowledge. In other words, we don't speak according to what it looks like according to these eyes. You remember the story of Elisha? They were surrounded by the Syrian army. And uh, his servant came back into the tent and said, Master, what are we going to do? We are surrounded for we are going to die. What was he doing? He was speaking according to the five senses. He was speaking according to how he perceived based on the five senses. And what did Elisha do? Elisha said something that was based on the word of God. Based on faith. And he said, for those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. It didn't make sense. You know why? Because the servant could not see in the spiritual realm. He could not get his words to line up with the faith-based word. If you go to Romans chapter number 4 verse 17, it says God speaks of things that are not as though they are. And that's the definition of faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for, the evidence of what? I did not hear that. So faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Where do you find that evidence? In God's word. And when you find that evidence, you release it through the words of your mouth. Amen? Amen. Amen. You have to release those words through the words of your mouth. And when you do release uh, uh, those words through the words of your mouth, they begin to create. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Where did I tell you to go? Watch what it says in Joel 3 verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. In other words, prepare for battle. And while you're preparing for battle, I want you to do something. Let the weak say, I am strong. See, so God knows you're weak. He didn't say, let the weak go to the gym. You know why? Because he knows you don't have enough time between now and the battle for you to go to the gym. (laughs) Even if you had enough time in the physical realm, Satan will defeat you. (laughs) 
He, he's a master of the physical realm. He's a master of deception in the physical realm. I mean, Satan, if you go to the financial realm, Satan can show you your bank account and defeat you before he even starts. <laughs> Amen? But how many of you know that your, 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 your economy is not based on the numbers in your bank account? See, a lot of you are losing sleep. You can't sleep at night because you've bought into the deception that your life is based on what you have in your bank account. But I came to tell you, your life is not based on that. It is based on the economy of heaven. And when you connect to that economy, you can have peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. While you're the least paid in your organization, you could have the most peace because you know your source is not in your salary. See, but if you go to the physical realm, he will defeat you. You get a slight headache and confess something bigger than it was. And watch this, it gets delivered. Since when has it become fashionable to know all these weird diseases? It's like when people talk about their diseases and sickness, it's fashionable. It's like, you know, I have this migraine. It's just a little headache. And you are compounding its effect by trying to look complicated and sophisticated. You know, you just need to drink water and get rid of that little pounding on you. It's not a migraine. But the devil has made it to become so sophisticated. You know, when, when they talk sick, I've got uh, uh, multiple sclerosis. Man, it's just a stomach bug. And I command it to go in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes we, we just get in, we, we get trapped into all kinds of stuff. Amen? Amen. So he says, let the weak say, I am strong. But you are weak. Yeah, the only way I can change it is by saying something that is from God's word. Amen. And according to God's word, I am strong. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. My strength is not my own, it's Christ, and I'm, I've partnered with Christ, and therefore, I am strong. Well, it doesn't look like it. Well, I don't care. That's what he said. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Job 22, verse 28. 29. In fact, let's read from 28 to 29. Job 22, verse 28 to 29. Thank you, Jesus. Watch what it says. You, who? <laughs> who be you? <laughs> Did you see that? Man, I like the Bible. I love the word of God. You know why? Because it didn't say the president of South Africa. Because if it did, you and I have no access to him. Did you see that? It didn't say the prophet. Because the prophet might not have time for me. You know, after all, I'm not the biggest tither. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the prophet might not have time for me. I'm so glad God started this scripture with me. Amen. You, 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 me. The man you see in the mirror. He says, if you, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for who? For you. Man, I love it. So you can declare a thing and it will be established for you. Someone declare, I have perfect peace. I have perfect peace. And guess what just happened? 
it's already been established for you. Someone shout, I'm prosperous. In every sense of the word. My finances are prosperous. My health is prosperous. I possess divine health through Christ. Guess what just happened? It's just been established. How hard is that? So simple. Amen? That's the word of God. That's the kingdom of God. You declare it and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Next verse. When they cast you down. Give it to me in the King James Bible. Original King James. When men are cast down, then you shall say, look, they've been cast down. Is that what you say? (laughs) You see how simple this thing is? And how complicated we make it? (laughs) He's saying when your friends are in trouble, you don't pick up the phone and say, hey, they're in trouble. Because if you do, you just reinforced it. He says when men are cast down, you, the spiritual one, what shall you say? So when your marriage is attacked, you don't go confessing, ah, my marriage will never make this year. You speak the contrary. When your finances are attacked, you don't go and say, man, my finances are just going haywire. You confess the contrary. You say there is a lifting up. You say there is a promotion. You say there is an advancement. Man, David understood this principle. You remember David and uh, Goliath, the story in 1 Samuel chapter number 17? And every morning the Bible records that Goliath would go to the valley or to the bedroom line and he would torment the children of Israel. Now, how did he torment them? He tormented them through words. You would stand in the valley and start saying something. You crazy people. If you come, I'm going to kill you. You, you, you. you even try. Try and walk to me. I'm going to kill you. And that tormented them. You know why? Because words have the power to, to, to even change the atmosphere. Who was it? Muhammad Ali? I mean, he used to torment them with words. Says, if you keep talking, I'll, I'll, I'll send you to heaven in seven. And then he would knock them out in round seven. And people would be like, man, he's a prophet. You know why? Because everyone is a prophet. You are a prophet of your own destiny. You know why? Because if you say I'm knocking them down in seven, you will knock them down in seven. But if you say I'm just not sure, guess what? You walk into that ring and you will be not sure. In fact, every athlete who's good at what they do is also good at talking it first. Amen. Who is it? Uh, Mayweather. He says I'm the greatest. And he says that every morning. I'm avoiding Zlatan. <laughs> Pastor Trevor here keeps saying Zlatan. <laughs> Ibrahimovic. I'm avoiding you. <laughs> Amen. So he says, uh, uh, David uh, went and said to his brothers, Hey, what's going on here? And they said, Man, this guy is tormenting us. And he says, I'm going to take him on. 
And they said, really? He says, yes. And so the day, uh, battle day came and David walked into the valley. And as David walked in, this Goliath dude, he knew the power of words. As David was walking in, he started saying something to him. He said, am I a dog that you come to me with stones and sticks? <laughs> Who do you think you're going to? And David knew, hey, listen, I can't be quiet. This principle is called silencing the voice of the accuser. When the accuser says something to you, you have to say something back to cancel what has been released in the atmosphere. And sometimes this voice comes from your past, the way you were raised. You know, you think when everything is going good, something bad is about to happen. Man, this job is too good. I think I don't think it's good. You have to silence it. And say, I deserve the best because I am a child of God. It's called silencing the voice of the accuser. As Goliath was speaking, he said, wait a minute, can I also say something? And he says, man, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to come against the armies of the living God? He says, you come to me with a sword, I come to me, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And today, he began to prophesy. He said, today I will cut your head and feed your carcasses to the birds. And the minute you finish saying that, the battle was won. Everyone else was waiting for manifestation. But guess what? The battle was won the minute he finished saying what he said. You know why? Because words transform and transcend your battle from just being physical into becoming spiritual. When you start saying something about your situation, you are no longer fighting in flesh and blood. You are no longer fighting with weapons that are carnal. But you are now fighting with weapons that are mighty through God. And you can pull down strongholds and change atmospheres through your words. And the Bible says when he finished saying that, he took his stone and boom, hit him in the head and took his sword, cut his head and fed it to the birds. Exactly the way he prophesied. You know why? Because he said something about it. Matthew chapter number 18. Thank you, Jesus. So learn to silence the voice of the accuser. I mean, this thing works as a court. You know, uh, uh, and in any court uh, case, the lawyers here will tell you, uh, there's always the prosecuting lawyer, the prosecutor, and there's the defense lawyer, the defense lawyer, and there's the judge. And the judge is God, and the accuser of the brethren is the devil. He always comes before God prosecuting you for the things that you have done. Because he has no understanding of grace. And he wants to pin you down. And Jesus is our advocate with the Father. And Jesus is is always saying, not guilty. Jesus is always saying, no, their needs are met according to their riches and glory. Jesus is always saying, by my stripes they are healed. Jesus is always speaking in your favor. But guess what? In every court case, there also comes an opportunity for the witness to say something. Hunt your neighbor and say, don't mess it up now. (laughs) Now, when it's your turn to go into the box, don't mess it up. Because you have the final say. Now, you go into the box and say, ah, judge me, I just want to say I did it. I I know Jesus said I didn't, but... You are just messing it up. That's what confession is. Confession is agreeing with Jesus. That's what it is. That's all I'm teaching. 
The word is homologio, homo which means one, logio, where we get the logos of the word of God, and all you have to do is agree with Jesus. If Jesus says you are healed, stand in the witness box and say, I am healed. And then the devil is going to try and poke you while you're in the witness box. Poke you. And then some of you say, I'm healed. And then you say, ah, but I have pain. <laughs> and the judge says, bingo. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Don't mess it up when it's your turn to get into the witness box. Amen. Just agree with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. <laughs> I mean, some, some of the people that get into the witness box, they know their lawyers are not really, you know... Uh, 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 telling it like it is and Jesus is not going to tell it like it is he's going to tell it like he has prescribed for it to be because what it is in the natural is you really might be a failure but according to Jesus prescription you are a powerful so you don't go into the witness box and say you know I'm just no you agree with your lawyer you know why because Jesus will never lie it's your circumstances that are lying to you He'll never lie. Everything he says is the truth. Man, you're in the witness box and the, the devil is accusing you and there's a temptation to feel guilty. And Jesus says, but there is therefore now no to those who are in Christ Jesus. I know I did it, but guess what? There's no condemnation. There's no feeling of inferiority. There's no sense of guilt. You know why? Because Jesus paid for it all. Man, that is awesome. You can stand in that witness box and just rehearse whatever Jesus says. You agree with it. And your life will change. Hallelujah. Where did I tell you to go? Matthew? Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 19. And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven question where does the binding start in earth or in heaven i did not hear that so what who's who initiates the binding you or god did you see that he says i tell you whatever you bind whatever you bind whatever you bind will be bound in heaven so heaven is waiting to respond on your binding someone shout i bind all sickness and guess what? In heaven, all sickness has been bound over your life. And here I have to say, don't lose the things that you have bound. Whatever you bind, leave it bound. Because your word is still working. The problem is we come here and we bind poverty. And we release prosperity. But we walk out of there and lose it again. By the confession of our mouth. You know, you bind sickness. By his stripes, I'm healed. And then you go and visit a doctor and you come back with a loosing report. So man, the doctor said, this thing is going to kill me. But you just bound it. So the problem in the church is not uh, the power of God. The problem is we are binding and loosing with the power of God. We, we, we put out a fire and start another one with our words. Tell your neighbor, whatever you bind, Leave bound. Amen. Whatever you bind, just leave it bound. And the binding starts with you. What else does he say? Again, I say unto you, if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father 
which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. So here Jesus is saying, not only do you have to uh, keep whatever you bind bound, you also have to realize that when you come together in agreement of words, I'm also there to make sure that it comes to pass. Hebrews chapter number 4 verse 14 says, You and I must hold on to the profession of our faith without wavering. And if you go to James chapter number 1, he says, He that wavers is like the wave of the sea, tossed to and fro. And he says in verse 7, Let that man not think that he will receive anything of the Lord because he is double-minded and unstable in his ways. People that bind and lose the same thing are double-minded. Say, God has met all my needs according to his riches and glory. And then they walk out of here and use their sense knowledge to try and prove what they just said. And then they lose it by saying, man, look at my bank account. I don't even know how I'm going to finish this month. And then they come back and, to church and bind it again. I have the perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. And right before they go to sleep, they say, man, I, I, I can't sleep. I just, I just don't. Amen. So what are you doing? You are losing the very things that you have bound. But God wants you to develop a fortitude where you can make a confession and hold on to that confession. Watch this. Without wavering. You say it and leave that word, that word to do the work. That's what God did. When God said, let there be light. The scientists will tell you this. The universe is still growing at the speed of light. You know why? Because God did not tell it to stop. Why? Because if you don't tell your words to stop, your words will stay working even while you're sleeping. So here's what I suggest, ladies and gentlemen. After you make your confessions, stay away from the doubters and the prognosticators and just go and have lunch somewhere and let the words you have spoken do the work. Now, don't say, you know, by his stripes, uh, I am healed. And now you go to some unbeliever and say, you know, by his stripes, I'm healed. What do you mean? You're crazy. And they're going to talk you out of your confession. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to talk you out of your confession. Especially in the area of prosperity. Man, he always succeeds. He talks people out of their confession. You know, people will say, Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And as they walk out there, they start confessing lack. He's already talked to you. See, with most people, the devil doesn't even have to do anything to get them to change their confession. But with some spiritual giants, he plays with this thing called time. God went to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. He didn't say, I'm trying to. He didn't say, I'm going to. He says, I've already made you. And it took about 25 years. And you know what the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter number 4 from verse 16 going onwards? It says, Abraham held on to the confession of his faith. He stood his ground in his faith. He said, hey, listen, Abraham, before he was Abraham, he was Abraham. And when God told him that, he even went to home affairs to change his name. 
Says from today onwards, my name is Abraham. And the home affairs official said, Abraham, what does that mean? Said it means I'm a father of many nations. Father of many nations, you must have a lot of kids. How many kids do you have? What did he say? I don't have any child, so in fact, you know, that Abraham thing, man, change it. Put George. Because that's what most of us do. You know, when we get questioned, why are you calling yourself Abraham? Say, oh, no, you know, that I was just playing. Put Mike. Put Mike. I was just playing. No, you hold on. And people came calling him uh, 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 a fifth year. What's your name, Abraham? He went to a seminar, you know, introducing himself. What's your name? My name is George. What's your name? My name is uh, Abraham. Abraham, what does that mean? It means father of men. You must have a lot of kids. No, I don't. So why do you call yourself Abraham? See, because back in the days, your name had to uh, 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 have some connection to who you are. I mean, when Jacob moved from Jacob to Israel, it was in reference to who he had become. Amen. It had to be. So the people were looking at you like, Father of many nations, you must have a lot of kids. And he had to keep confessing that. Yes, I do. You know why? Because God has made me to be a father of many nations. Remember Jesus? When he saw the fig tree from afar and he approached it because he thought there was fruit. And he went and he tried to get some fruit from it and there was no fruit. And the Bible says he cursed the fig tree and said, Hey, fig tree, be cursed. And from this day onwards, no one will eat fruit of you here on and forever. And he went his way. And the Bible records that when they came back the next day, that's when the fig tree had dried up. After Jesus finished speaking to the fig tree, nothing happened in terms of the outlook of things. But did Jesus say, oh, well, this fig tree is disrespectful. Now, you know this. No, he just went his way. You know why? Because his confession was not based on what it looks like. Just like you, your confession is not based on what it looks like. Your confession is based on what you want it to look like. That's why we're always cautious. You know, when we teach married couples, we tell them words of power. Whatever you call your spouse, they will become. Whatever you call your boss, they will become. People say, man, I have a crazy boss. And that boss will be crazy to you. Someone else is saying, man, I have an awesome boss. Yet they have a crazy boss. And the crazy boss becomes awesome over a period of time. You know why? Because they have released it into the atmosphere. Hallelujah. And the Bible says the next day they came and the disciples said, Master, look, the tree that you cursed, it's dried up. Jesus knew it had already dried up. He didn't have to depend on what it looks like to determine whether the word has worked. The word works, whether it changes to these physical eyes or not. The word is working. Amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.